All right. Uh, hi. Hi, Andre. Hey. Hi. Right. So um, this is the first episode of our podcast, Ways of Agile. And uh, the purpose of this d- discussion really is for well, everybody watching, uh, kind of an introduction of why, what we want to achieve, what this podcast is about. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Like, kind of, uh, are we just another one? What, what exactly kind of is, uh, is our purpose? We can discuss the name as well, kind of, because that's, uh, I guess, uh, a, a, quite a specific uh, type. You know, agile refers to very something very specific, so kind of explain that, and also maybe introduce ourselves a little bit to kind of explain where both of us are coming from. Yeah. Would you like to go first and kind of give a brief introduction to yourself? I think kind of uh, seeing yeah. who we are is is more important, yeah. right? Um, so cool. Thank you. That's, that was a nice introduction. <laughs> so I'm Andre. I'm a scrum master slash agile coach. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll come back to the agile in the ways of agile, but, uh, for now, just to kind of cover my background. So long story short, I started out as an actor in my career. And later on in life, I did a just normal switch that actors do and just got into IT, uh, got into the QA side of the business, uh, then switched on to automation QA, then developer. And then ultimately I progressed seamlessly, uh, it was into a scrum master role. Seamlessly. That's, uh, it's, it, it happened in a way it happened to some extent, looking back, it almost happened naturally because I, I, I feel like I'm, uh, especially with my background as an actor, I do tend to talk a lot more. And <laughs> at that time in the company that I was in, uh, I don't know. Scrum master wasn't really a full on scrum master. And perhaps we'll come to that. Mostly what you had to do is present those meetings or facilitate almost those meetings in the sense that, uh, you just had to share the screen, uh, well, go to the conference room, open up the computer, share the screen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then ask everyone what their status was, uh, which isn't the ideal way to do scrum, but, uh, perhaps we'll, we'll cover that part as well. So yeah, right now I'm, I'm calling myself an agile coach, uh, because I feel like what I'm looking at and what I'm doing right now kind of covers that role. Um, and I think, yeah, I think let's keep it short. So, uh, Vlad, do you want to, do you want to tell us about yourself? Yeah, sure. So it's, uh, well, some similarities to your, your kind of story. I didn't start up in acting. I, I, uh, went to, it wasn't film school, but I studied film in university. That kind of is the direction that I wanted to go to, uh, did both my, uh, bachelor's and my master's in the UK and kind of studying film that kind of 
had a bit of a of an experiment, kind of a run run kind of our our own company because you were involved in that in that was that was very Good times <laughs> yeah I have improvised it was a lot of yeah, the struggle was real but uh since then i've it was actually towards the end of my master's degree which is kind of the the most valuable lesson that i learned in my master's degree is that i kind of don't probably don't want to do film as a profession anymore, which is a great way, you know, great conclusion after spending uh, three years in my, in your bachelor's and one year in your master's to go like, okay, and that was not counting the money, right? Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about the money. All right. All right. So I, I guess I'm, I'm not, I'm not as unlucky as uh, you know, people are in the U S with the, the, their tuition fees, tuition fees are still, you know, not, not, you know, that yeah. week, but they're, they're still uncomfortable, but man, got over it in any case. But that was the first time that, uh, I kind of my college before I went into film, film kind of studying film at university was in it. And I kind of always had a predisposition to, towards the it industry. And that's when I start wanted to make my kind of decided that I want to make a transition that was about six years ago. So it was a long time. Basically it was, I didn't know exactly what, which direction to go. I, I, I was desperate for any type of guidance and it, it just seemed that any type of guidance that I got was from anybody that wanted to sell me a course, not as much anybody that wanted to kind of give me advice. I've never heard of agile, never heard of scrum. Uh, so that's interesting. And I actually want to, I want, I want to stop on that. So sorry yeah. if I'm interrupting you. So the transition you're saying it took six years. Yeah. Looking back at it. Uh, so first of all, the transition happened now, right? Like, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah that, that's, that's, I, I should have started with that. I've been, I'm a scrum master at the moment. I've been a scrum master for just over three months. Like, it's like, I, I just, just did it. It's achievement unlocked. Nice. But, Good luck, uh, by the way. <laughs> uh, but, it's going to be harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, so, so it, it, the, it was the actual whole transition. I mean, and when I say transition into the IT career, what I kind of mean is the idea of it, because that took me like through out of the last six years, five years I spent in working in sales. You know, I, I knew I wanted to, get into it and i wanted almost like a placeholder job that allows me to study in the meantime and kind of course correct from where i was studying in film to getting into it and that i, I guess the experience that you got as an actor that kind of learned that kind of talking i get that that, that, that communication skills to just put it, yeah. put it that way I gained them from working in sales. I've ended up kind of for a short while making a lot of money, which kind of tempted me to kind of give up on the IT and stick with sales. But uh, it, it, I could never kind of get that out of the, the back of my mind that I still kind of, I'm, this is not, this is, it's not for me. I'm kind of almost introverted by, by nature. It was always an effort to to do to do that job. I became good at it, but it was it it never it, you know it was a chore to go to work. It it, it, it yeah. was something that I was 
whenever I could ha get a day off, even you know, to the point where if if I felt sick for a day, I'd feel kind of good that I didn't have to go to work. So it, it was Almost, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that type of, oh, but that's where I learned my communication skills. That's kind of where I learned that I'm capable, I guess, of more than I thought I did. I pushed my boundaries, and towards the end of that, and especially kind of around COVID time. Uh, initially, I basically all the guidance that I got was directing me towards cybersecurity in terms of that's the future. That's kind of what, and that that is fair enough. It is a very lucrative part of the IT yeah. industry and a very kind of quintessential part of the IT industry. The more you know, in, the Internet of Things becomes widespread. Uh, IT security is is needed. However, it the amount of catch up that I had to do, not only catch up with in terms of knowledge, but maintaining, always keeping up with the constant techniques uh, uh, around that was possible. But again, I started getting the, just starting to study uh, it. I was starting to get the, these types of flashbacks of my sales jobs of, I really don't want to go to work tomorrow type of type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it was yeah. quite, quite late that I kind of discovered scrum and agile. And I think kind of you helped me a, a little bit with that in terms of guidance of where to go, what to look at. And I, I, I think it was kind of a, a, a click when I read the scrum manifesto and I kind of everything that I hated about the other jobs, the useless management kind of wanting to feel important, making up stupid tasks and then ending up kind of slowing the whole <laughs> team down. All, all these types right. of elements from what waterfall is, and I didn't know that it was called waterfall at the time. It just seemed like, oh, there's an alternative to this. And the more I read into it, the more it kind of made sense for me. I know I was, I was supposed to keep it short, but that that's kind of, that, that's kind of, it's all right. It's actually, I, I want to dive a bit deeper into, into your background because actually I'm going to tie it into the whole podcast and what we're trying to do. And then we're going to come back to you actually, uh, if you don't mind. So ways of agile podcast actually started, uh, as an idea to try to help people around us and people like Vlad who, whom I've known for a long time. I'm not even sure how long, but a long time. And I, I was actually one of those people who told him five or six years ago that perhaps there are better ways to get into it. At that point, I just started my journey and I had a different view. And of course it took him a while, but now looking back, I think, and I, I mean, I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to be honest as well and uh, not tooting my horn or anything, but I think also some advice that I gave you put you on this track where you are now and oh, helped you become a scrum master a lot sooner than perhaps anticipated. So the whole idea of the podcast uh, is to help people that are in the same situation that I was in and that Vlad was in uh, quite recently even and to kind of give you a step-by-step, -step, which is the agile approach. So ways of agile, uh, the agile approach to, uh, setting up or breaking into the whole it industry. Yeah. Uh, 
this is just the first episode. This is just the pilot uh, where you get to know us, you get to know our backgrounds, you get to know our intentions, our viewpoints and whatnot. But uh, following this episode, most likely the next ones will be, each one will have a different guest in experts in their domains and uh, we just interview them how to best get into IT. So now coming back to Vlad, I think what I would like to, first of all, what I would like to ask is what took you so long? So you've, you had all these options and you had all these pitches. Uh, what, what, what exactly took you so long to actually get started? As you said, six years, it's a lot. Yeah. To, to, to get my foot in the door, it, it, the, the, the fact that I, I became, I would say, mildly successful in kind of a sales career, I guess was a little bit of a distraction, but the biggest things were the fact that whenever I got any type of advice, like I said before, it was basically from people trying to sell me courses. And I even kind of bought a few of those courses and kind of all of the support, all of the, oh yeah, sure, you can do it type of attitude disappeared as soon as I finished the course. It was like, okay, I got mm -hmm. this diploma. What do I do with this? Where do I apply? Um, it, it, it just kind of, that's it. They just, everybody kind of disappeared after, after you, they took your money <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, they got, you got the diploma for it. So it, so it was the, the lack of guidance. I didn't understand what roles there were, especially I didn't understand agile as, as a methodology. I didn't know it existed. So it was just the fact that I, you know, it is, I didn't know what direction to go in, what, what the minimum requirements are to get your, get your foot in the door mm -hmm. and then what what you need to focus on i was almost like desperate for any type of guidance which is kind of what this yeah did this pod like you mentioned this yeah. podcast uh kind of came about you, it took a, a bit of convincing me because you, you this podcast <laughs> was your idea and i kind of went into it way there's at this point it's a the, the market might be a little bit oversaturated with podcasts is uh everybody you know everybody and their yeah. dog has a podcast <laughs> these days so it, it uh, b however the more kind of we thought about it and we discussed it and we kind of went clear on the like i'm it's a useful podcast to do however i'm not confident in like obviously my three months experience you know I'm yeah. not confident in my knowledge to kind of tell people what they need to do. So that's why we ended up uh, kind of vote going the route of we need guests. We need people with a lot more experience and more, a lot more knowledge than us. Hopefully that have some experience with recruiting that is basically to guide anybody that might think of starting a career in IT, kind of giving them a roadmap. Yeah. We, we would obviously, I and myself, I'm looking forward to learning quite a bit with the people that we're going to talk to. So it's it's benefit for us, benefit for the people listening. It's trying to get some accurate information out there because I, yeah, I felt like I was lost for, a, you know, try, I knew where I wanted to end up, but I didn't know what path there, there yeah. were to, to get there. So that's, I guess that that's kind of the long issue. Yeah. So, yeah, qu quite a few things <laughs> that I want to also uh, dive deeper into, but also, yeah, I want to, I want to finish off what you said about uh, your viewpoint and the fact that you don't feel like you have enough experience, which I guess, and from what I've spoken to any, any of the coaches that I know, 
very often you feel like you don't have enough experience or you don't know enough or you're not good enough. Uh, and that happens even after 10 years from what I've been told. Uh, but yeah, I, I think both of us, what we're trying to look for is uh, how to help people, I guess, either make that switch if you're in a different position, if well, you're working in any other job. I Sorry. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just before that, before making the switch, first of all, understanding the IT industry, it's almost like yeah. understanding what you're getting yourself into before you make the first step. It's, exactly. Maybe you don't want to you know, do four years of university in, in a, a field and then discover, oh, I might not want a career. Or, in this. or maybe like in my case, for example, and I think yours as well, but <laughs> I'm just going to speak about myself now. So in my case, uh, before I got into IT and actually I got, I got the exact opposite approach of you. Uh, when I got into IT, I was 28 years old and most of the people that heard about me wanting to switch jobs and especially from an actor to, to IT, it was like, nah, there's a lot to learn. No, don't do it. You're too old. Uh, so, so is that, is that mentality here that perhaps don't do it? Yeah. Also for context, just so we have that uh, bit of oh, yeah. information, because we did talk about this kind of before beforehand. I am UK based. I live in Southampton at the moment in South, uh, in the South of England. You are in Oradia. Romania. Romania. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, th th that is just a, whenever I entered the IT industry, I entered it in the UK, you entered it in Romania. And also the the paths that we took were slightly different, even though we didn't, you know we, we came from the same uh, same town in in Romania. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of cultural differences, and that's kind of one thing that I also want to explore in this podcast as uh, as part of how culture kind of affects the IT industry and agile specifically. And I want to talk to as many people as possible. But yes, I have noticed that. R Romania has a very, very different attitude towards the IT industry than, than the UK does. Definitely. And we're actually going to cover that because we're going to have guests from both Romania and UK and hopefully even more countries because uh, we're actually going to try to help people from all over the world, really. Uh, well it, yeah. I, I'll put it a little <laughs> bit more selfish than that is yes, I want to help people if I can, but I also want to know what the difference is. I'm, I'm curious of, is there an agile framework in Japan, for instance, in Asia? I know in European, in, in Europe, I know kind of Netherlands dominates agile a, a little bit. I'm curious to speak to somebody from the Netherlands. I also want to speak with somebody from the U.S., Canada, I want to see, I, I, I do want to see the differences in the approach in how you get into the industry because the requirements will be different. And I, I, I kind of, I'm, I guess I'm naturally a curious person. So I want this information for myself for, first and foremost, Fair enough. but, Fair uh, enough. but if, if I can, you know, put this out there and, uh, and help other people along the way, that's, you know, that's, you know, yeah. two birds with one stone. I mean, I want to go back just a few sentences when you said that Netherlands dominates the agile world. I think there's a lot of conversation here of what dominates means, <laughs> also what agile means, because uh, yes. yeah, yes. perhaps what I can say is also from Romania is 
you have a lot of outsourcing companies in Romania. So that means that what Romania is selling, so what the companies are selling basically, uh, to put it more bluntly, is you're selling a team to a client that's going to be most likely in the US or in the UK or whatever. So you're selling the whole team and it's a bit harder to sell the scrum master role because, uh, and I'm guessing this may also be a talking point is scrum master role, a full-time role in just one team, or should it be spread among different teams? But also the way I look at the scrum master is you also need to look at the company. You also need to look at the changes at product level. And you cannot really do that so well if you're an outsourcing company and the Scrum Master is working for the company that's being kind of contacted on behalf of the client. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of limitations there. And that's why I feel like, at least in Romania, the level of Scrum is somehow, uh, I'm not sure, it's limited. So it's limited to the extent of we don't really have a, a huge number of companies that are working on their own products. And that basically perhaps strips maybe even half of a Scrum Master's tools because there's a lot. Like even yes. you have the OKRs, which, which are a trend right now, or product discovery, uh, you, you wouldn't do that uh, just like within your team if you're an outsourcing company. Yeah, I get that. And it's, yeah, it's similar in the way that it's quite, well, agile as, as kind of a whole methodology is still relatively young, even though, yeah, it's been around for a few decades now, but it's still constantly transforming, still finding itself as, as it were. Uh, and the, the UK is still, I would say, maybe quite conservative towards it but in a very different way from what I've, from our, my discussions with you than, than kind of a place like like Romania. And the reason why I said Netherlands seems to dominate uh, in, in Europe is mainly because of the, almost like the, the proactive approach to it. Whenever I look for uh, information about Agile and I kind of look on a European level, it tends to come from uh netherlands not exclusively there's like for instance in the uk scotland is, scotland, is, is yeah. ahead of the ahead of the game <laughs> when it comes to kind of internal and national level compared to england and and uh and i guess wales but it's, it's going to be interesting to explore actually yeah uh, so they, they, and we'll try to get exactly. scrum masters from all over the world also, maybe. we don't necessarily want to fully and 100% kind of focus on just scrum masters. We yeah. do want to explore other roles as well. It's because of the, the roles that we, and like you said, the, you had a very seamless transition. For me, it's still a little bit scary of how, yeah, easy, it, it not easy. I don't want to use the word easy because it's, it mm -hmm. may, might be misleading. Yeah. How natural it comes to me and how satisfying I, I find it. And I guess the, the most, uh, <laughs> the most of uh, how to put, put this self-conscious aspect of this job is it can't be kind of just that it can't be just like I, I, I the, the 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 sense that I must be missing something and it's only through feedback that I kind of go yeah that, no pretty much I kind of I, you know a few times I was told no pretty much I nailed at least the basics and like I kind of 
go along, but I still want to learn more because I still have that feeling that I'm not not so where I want are. to be. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to put it simply, uh, you are missing something and yeah. it does seem easy, but it's also how to best put this. It's also how deep you actually get. Cause as a, as a scrum master, as the role, I, if you read the scrum guide, it's like 13 pages, uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not an overly complex thing that you need to interpret to some extent, you may need to interpret it. But it's it's something that it's like a blanket that you put over your team or over your organization, and then you kind of mold it as needed. Now, the hard part comes when you realize, perhaps, I mean, for me, at least, uh, if I look back even one year ago, I made huge mistakes. But I was thinking that I was doing good. I was thinking that the job itself may not be like, uh, I don't know, I coming from a developer background where I felt almost every day, I, I felt like I don't, I know nothing. Uh, the scrum master job seemed a lot easier. Now on flash forward to this year or today where I feel like, ah, I'm, I'm not even sure what book to read right now, or I got so many gaps in my knowledge and I want to fill those gaps ASAP. So yeah, I feel like I'm, I got the imposter syndrome almost yeah, every yeah, day. Ab absolutely. I would say that that's the best <laughs> way of putting it. The imposter syndrome yeah. is, is real. It's, it's, yeah, I think scrum is one of those things that it, it's easy to learn hard to master it, and it's, exactly. uh, yeah, it, 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 and that's kind of the, the thing. And I'm, it, as you said, you, you feel like you've made mistakes and you're bad at it, but no, making mistakes doesn't mean you're bad at it. it, it as long as the, the fact that you, and that's kind of the way that I look at it and what I've seen, you know, the reason why I, I'm happy with just the three months experience that I think I've learned a lot in the three months. And I think I'll continue to learn a lot is as long as you identify the mistakes as quick as possible, work on them, address them. Don't, don't shy away. Don't, don't try to confuse scrum with kind of like a management position where you sit back and kind of implement, implement these very strict meetings. And all, all you have to do is kind of follow these very rigid rules and then everything, it, you know, that that's your job done. It's a lot more, Yeah, but it's also, difficult to know when you're wrong. I yeah. mean, sometimes, cause I did feel like I was not being, uh, complacent in yes. my role. I felt like I was yeah. helping the team, but what I was doing is actually, so the way I learned scrum was from an outsourcing company and they, they were actually good in that sense, but moving from outsourcing to a different company that kind of had their own product, I tried to implement the wrong things. And it's hard to know when to actually retrospect or when to look back. Am I actually, do I know enough? Do I, because for example, even the transition to, to story points, like I, I did hours as estimates in the, in the previous company. And then I moved to a different company where I pushed on the idea of having story points as estimates. And 
I loved them because I came from a background with hourly estimates where everything was a lot more stricter. And then now kind of looking at story points, I'm thinking, and I'm guessing this will come up during the podcast at some point, but yeah. I'm actually trying to transition away from story points <laughs> right now with my team. So yeah, uh, yeah it changes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's kind of the first the, the way that I kind of addressed it is you work with the team. You're definitely not a lead, their leader or anything like that. You're, you're, you're part of the team. So they're the first people to give you feedback. And I think that for me, why I, I think that it, it not necessarily came in, like I said, it comes in easy, but I think I, what I was lucky to, to, to have and to do is to join a community, which kind of have you almost build a network uh, yeah. with your part of it. And as, especially in the first month, I, I ask questions to anybody that has more experience than you. And obviously don't go into specifics about the company, but go like, okay, in a situation like this, what, what am I missing? What, what am I not seeing? And you get a lot of feedback that way. As long as you seek out feedback, I think you, 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 you can cons consistently grow. I, I, I would argue with that. Really? Honestly. Yeah. So in all my years of experience as a scrum master, uh, I don't think, I hope I'm not wrong, but I do not recall a time when I was actually challenged on my ideas or my position as a scrum master. By your team, you mean, or by, by my team? Yeah, I see. By my team. Is it because you were in in a team where, uh, you, you didn't have, as in the, the developers and the people that you work with inside of your scrum team, do they not know agile or they not scroll, no scrum? No. So throughout the years I've actually had, I don't know, over, I think 20 teams ish, more or less, give or take a few. Uh, and mm, I've had rookies who barely knew about scrum and I had super senior people who have done scrum for 10 years or so. Yeah. So out of everyone, I don't think it's, I don't recall anyone actually challenging things. Yes. You may have some questions or you may have some suggestions, but at no point I got feedback. All right. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, because that's that seems a little bit strange. Because it's it's I, I almost weekly or kind of ask for. And not from a Scrum necessarily perspective, but from like a developer. I'm not a developer. I know some basic Python, like I can put together this you know basic two plus two script in Python, <laughs> uh, or anything you know, it's the kind of very very basic stuff like that. So I'm asking Hello, the world. developers yeah. what exactly do they need to get the, the job done? So I'm learning from them. That's the type of feedback maybe that I was kind yeah. of. That, that, it, it was different. When I was a developer, it was a lot different. And how I would get feedback, again, it was a lot different. Uh, as a Scrum Master though, as, as much as you're trying to get feedback, even from your peers, it's a lot harder uh, because I think by default, you as a scrum master should be the, the key player in setting up scrum in a team. And the way the position is viewed is that you're the expert, well, you're the master of scrum. Uh, 
So you should know everything that is Scrum and your purpose is to pretty much help the team, support the team, remove impediments, uh, facilitate the conversations and, and all that. So more often than not, everyone is looking at their own kind of area of development or they're looking at their peers and your job is to kind of be outside of it and occasionally dip in and see where the bottlenecks are or see where there's perhaps uh, impediments or where there's room for improvement. Cause I think that's more often than not, uh, well, more often than impediments, at least uh, there's room for improvement uh, at all times. So usually you don't really get called out because usually you're trying to help the team. And I think, yeah, but even in, I, I'm not, you, or maybe you're just very different, uh, experiences that we've had, which is kind of interesting. It can be. Yeah. And I think I want to, I want to approach this subject. Yeah, <laughs> in the future. It's definitely I find it fascinating. Actually, we haven't talked about this at all. Like this is the first time that I'm, I'm kind of yeah. hearing this perspective. So it's, I guess it's for me is also the way that I became a scrum master. So um, I had a scrum master in the team. He kind of moved up in the company. Now the company was trying to, is trying to kind of implement safe. So he became a release train engineer, but, um, I was a business analyst in the team. I was really looking forward to becoming a scrum master. He knew, but I was quite proactive to volunteer for for everything. And he, he recommended that I take his place and that's how I became a, a scrum master, which is like, I really am grateful for them giving me th this opportunity. But, um, I, I guess because of that, I had somebody to kind of give me feedback and kind of a little bit, um, almost like a mentor, but it's, it's quite, it, it's work from home. So it's a lot of, it's very, you know, there's a bit of distance. Yeah. It's not, not the same as. But and even, so, even with the team, sorry, and even with the team is I don't kind of scrum is not a rigid thing. And I kind of think I wanted to make that clear from a, the very start in which like scrum needs to work for them. They don't need to adapt or they, they don't need to transform to scrum and follow these very rigid rules It's like, these are the rules can do these help you. How can we make them help you? If that makes sense. And yeah. I, yeah. Obviously it, I mean, it depends because if the team doesn't really have a lot of pressure from, I guess, upper management, uh, for lack of better yeah. words, uh, then you can pretty much experiment and see how Scrum works for you. Uh, but there's a lot of situations where you have to almost badly saying it, prove your worth, uh, where <laughs> it's not such a simple thing. Uh, what, what I'm trying to, uh, also dive a bit deeper into, and we're just going to go back to what you said about, um, moving into the scrum master position and having a mentor. Now, how did you first hear about the scrum master role and scrum master role, scrum master role? Yeah. And what was your, so just walk me through what you knew about it when you were in sales and what you know about it now. I so I yeah. just want to know about that journey. No, that's fair enough. Uh, so in, when I started sales, I didn't know that agile existed as a framework. I just kind of understood that, uh, I, I understood it security, the very basics of it, of how it kind of, of, of works. The more I've 
the more I learned about the roles that seem to fit me, uh, the more I learned that it's less about the coding and more about the the big picture, as it were, kind of the, the organization mm -hmm. as a whole, including in, in kind of cybersecurity. One of the main things is uh, social engineering. That's kind of the, the, the biggest issue. And, you know, humans are the, the, the big, the weakest link usually in, in security. But um, it's the same when I kind of discovered Scrum. And my fir the, the first role that grabbed my attention was the product owner role. It seemed like I, I have this, I gravitate almost towards these roles in which I, I have a view of the whole picture that I can kind of understand how everything just, connects. Yeah. Sorry, just to stop you there, but when did you first hear about the product owner role? Was it before you actually got your first job into IT or was oh, yeah, it after? Way before, way before I okay. got my first job. So I kind of, when I learned about Scrum, learned kind of all of the roles, well, effectively the, the, the three roles of Scrum, the product owner, the, the Scrum master, and then the, the developers, which kind of covers everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I had this idea of, I want to learn the technical side of things. I want to eventually learn how to run my own company. Uh, and kind of getting the, a, a, a top, almost like a, and I don't want to, it is a top down view, but it's more of a holistic view that the way that I kind mm -hmm. of, I wanted to understand how the organization as a whole works. I took my professional scrum master one certification. Actually, that was a recommendation from you that even though I did want to pursue a product owner role. The uh, PSM one certification at least gives me an, a basic understanding of Scrum as a whole. Yeah, and yeah, I I recall that conversation because yeah. you were new to the whole industry or to the whole idea of Scrum, and I said whatever role you're gonna end up end up taking, I think this is a useful guide. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and it was, it absolutely yeah. was. So, and, and because of that, is the. I having my eyes on the product owner type of uh, position, learning the scrum, learning everything about the uh, scrum, but especially the scrum master role is all of a sudden I started kind of understanding slowly that, okay, look, the product owner has the technical view of the product. It owns the product as the title includes, but the, it's almost like the scrum master owns the, the organization or kind of is, it has a more of an eye on the organization as a whole. So I wouldn't necessarily put the product owner in, in, into a technical it background was, per se, but yeah, my understanding at the time to put it yeah, more right, in context. Right. right. So uh, it was, it sorry. was, yeah, my, my uh, under, yeah, they didn't know that's, that's fair enough. I should have made that maybe a bit clearer. Yeah. <laughs> so at, at that point was kind of learning the bits of what all the roles are. And yep. uh, that's the, also the reason why I jumped into and started applying for roles as a business analyst. Uh, I had gained enough skills uh, with kind of from my sales with in terms of communication, and I was analytical. I'm a, analytical as kind of a uh, personality by, by personality, and I've managed to kind of land the role for the company that actually eventually turned turn into a scrum master. However, nice. it's the uh, yeah the, the continuously studying and wanting to learn more to eventually get a to the product owner role i kind of just like university ended up this like okay look it, it, in this case it's not even that i don't want to do that job because it doesn't necessarily it doesn't seem like a position that i would hate 
It's just, uh, it seems like a, the, the Scrum Master seemed more and more exactly what I want to understand, first of all, like the role of the Scrum Master of understanding how to organize the company and facilitate so everybody works more efficiently, how to kind of remove imped impediments instead of just yelling at people to work harder, how, you know, kind of all of this, all of these elements uh, just kind of slowly fell into place, which is one of the reasons why it took me so long to do this kind of transition. But also, I guess it's, I don't regret that it, it, it took this long because I have gained a lot of skills along the way that end up being very useful. Definitely. And including in sales and kind of working my way up into middle management in sales. I going uh, to make actually, and yeah. I just want to stop on this point yeah. because a lot of skills can be transferred. So from whatever you're doing and in my case, it was acting in Vlad's case, it was sales and Vlad's actually, cause I, as I mentioned, I known him for quite some time and he was, well, he still is to some extent an introvert. And mm -hmm. since, yeah, <laughs> since, uh, since his uh, whole, uh, sales experience, uh, he's been, it's a lot different and it helped him enormously during interviews as well. And it's an, it's another huge topic that I'll, we're going to cover because interviews are, are a big thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's knowing, funny. yeah. Knowing how to sell yourself. It's, it's so important. Uh, and especially in this internet era where, uh, post post pandemic, or I think it's post pandemic at least, uh, where it's so easy to kind of switch on from one conversation to another. Everything is online. Everything is there always. You need to be on point. You need to be always connected, always in it. There's no, there's no room for transitioning that much. You don't go to an interview. Well, sometimes you do, but normally, and from my experience uh, over the past couple of years, when you go to an interview, you just click a button and you don't really have that time to prepare unless you almost force it. Uh, so yeah, that's another topic that we're going to cover. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's my whole kind of what I've learned, the useful elements that I've learned from sales in, in for scrum are, you know, it's a long story and I kind of been realized I've been talking a lot here. So it's, uh, it's I might, <laughs> yeah, I might want to kind of almost turn it back to you. I, we, we will have plenty of opportunities of going back and forth with guests and comparing experiences with them. But I, uh, I think it's also kind of useful then. Okay. Let's go back to you a little bit and see what was your kind of transition a little bit. How, how, how did you discover scrum agile and how did you end up going down the so, road? Yeah, for me, it was a really, really quick transition and I, I was lucky, honestly, uh, I attributed luck. So. <laughs> It was, I, the moment I decided to quit acting, it was a hard month for me. Uh, it was like my dream and I felt like I was lost and I just applied. I decided during summer, I think it was August ish. And I applied for university just to kind of have 
so from my uh, knowledge at the time, what I knew was if you don't go to a university in that area, then you're not going to make it in that area. That was the, the whole idea imprinted in my head. So I did the normal thing that any Romanian would do, I think, at that time. And uh, I applied for university. I got in. And that was the switch. I had like one month between the, oh, I'm an actor and, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a programmer. Did you, when you applied for university, were you aware of Agile, of Scrum? Of... No. no. So what no. did you study during university specifically? So there was a lot of maths. <laughs> right. Well, as, Honestly, as... a lot of it. And uh, 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 how to put this lightly, uh, I don't think it was that helpful. Well, at least not for Scrum. So we never learned about Scrum in university. You learn programming in your in university. And it just happened that during my first month, as I started studying, uh, we had a company that came over trying to recruit students uh, from like all years, so not just juniors. Uh, and there was a QA internship. I had no idea what QA was. And... <laughs> At the time, I actually researched it and still didn't understand it exactly. Like tester, what, what do you test or what do you do? Anyway, I applied. Uh, there were like, I think, 50, 52 candidates. Uh, six of us got admitted into the internship and there was supposed to be just one open slot. Uh, eventually, they ended up liking two of us. I was one of them. <laughs> Lucky again. And, uh, I got, I got in as a QA, then my whole world pretty much changed because in university, cause I also went to lectures on the side in university, you were learning up oh, programming. This is programming. This is what you need to learn. This is what you need to know. At no point they mention scrum or frameworks. Uh, we, we use scrum a lot, but obviously there's, there's other frameworks or other ways of working, but anyway, uh, we work, we were working in scrum in our company. I think all of the teams, 20 something teams, uh, they were working in scrum, but never have I learned in university that there is scrum or there is a different role other than developer. So yeah, when I got into it and I, I finally saw what a daily standup means, I was a bit confused, but. I just saw everyone kind of going to a different room and I was like, okay, I'll come with you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, at, at first it was so weird, but it was so nice at the same time, because coming from, coming from an acting background to a place where every, everything felt so organized, which is weird. Uh, everything felt like it had its place. Like every day at this hour, you had this meeting. Curated every, by the teacher, you're yeah. just waiting for his instruction. Yeah, 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 but everyone was just doing it. And just seeing uh, at some point, we were over 15 people that just got up from their desk at <laughs> 10, 29, and then went to the other room where someone turned on their PC, uh, turned on the camera and bam, conference. 
So it was, it was weird, but yeah, the transition was quite fast. I was quite lucky. I got into QA and then I just immediately started learning and learning and I stayed over time, like a lot. And just, just to kind of go back to that, did you have a scrum master? You said you would, did, did you like, at what point did you start understanding the roles of scrum master, product owner, all the roles in scrum? Did you have any guidance from the team? How kind of, how did that learning process happen? So no, <laughs> short answer. Uh, there wasn't any guidance from the team at that point. There was, there was someone and she was doing the scrum master, uh, accountability and she, she was a QA, but she also had a scrum master hat and kind of a project manager hat. And she was basically seen as a team lead, but she was a tester. Yeah. And she was, she was really good at doing all of them at once, but yeah, I, I, I never kind of interpreted or cause I actually never knew in the first couple of months that she was a tester. And then I found out she was a tester. <laughs> that, that's kind of interesting. Cause that's kind of one of the things, how does a product manager and I, I, I can see some similarities if you really squint your eyes and look at it at an angle between product, uh, product manager, uh, project manager, product manager, and, uh, and a scrum master. But you say she was really, was she really good at, uh, at doing both? Cause they they seem, you know, that one's waterfall, one's scrum. I mean, there's a lot to unfold here and it depends how you look at it. And also there's a huge difference between product and project manager, by the way, <laughs> I'm not going to get yeah, into yeah, that yeah. right now. Uh, to me at that point, it seemed like she, she like, she knew everything. She, she was sending reports to the clients. She knew what you need to work on. She knew what you need to do. Uh, she was having conversations with the clients. So she was acting as a liaison and she was good at it because the client used to come with a request and she pretty much used to say, ah, we cannot do that this month because we're going to work on that. And I was like, how does she know? She was amazing. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that was my first encounter with the role, but it wasn't a, a pure scrum master role. The, the main elements of scrum that she was doing was just doing a daily standup, which she did poorly at the time. I felt like she did it amazing because she asked everyone. So what did you do? She, she went through the three questions, uh, or yeah, kind of went through them, but she kind of went, okay. So Andre your status. And I knew from the whole team that I, I need to say what I did, what I would do. And, uh, if I had any impediments. Oh, that's interesting. So wait, you knew from the team, there was no formal introduction that this is no what formal introduction. No, no, you, you pretty much, yeah. You pretty much learn as you go. Uh, cause as I mentioned, like I, I just went to a meeting, like nobody told me, Oh, by the way, this is a daily stand up, and this is why it's happening. And that's an interesting thing because I, I don't recall even myself explaining to people why the daily scrum is happening, unless there's a huge dysfunction in the team. And perhaps that's, that's a point that I may need to take on and, and think a lot more. 
on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'm guessing uh, that must have been in, in, intimidating as well. If especially if you, I have friends that still are still doing well. They're doing their doctors in in uh, artificial intelligence in in the UK. Uh, they do learn a little bit of Scrum in university when I talk to them. However, it's I guess it's because of the nature of Scrum that it's it's almost impossible to learn the latest iteration of Scrum or the latest version of it. They just get a rough understanding of kind of this is what it is. These are the roles and that's it moving on. Yeah, but I think that's that's what you need to get started in Scrum. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah that, the, the that Scrum is... guide is updated occasionally, but I, I think once you know the roles, it applies a lot different from team to team, like even within the same company. And everything you can learn along the way. Type of yeah. Thing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you have a good Scrum Master that, that can guide the team, then even let's say, like we had the discussion earlier with estimates, like hourly or story points, uh, you may end up realizing that it doesn't really matter that much. I see. Uh, yeah, it's a I, warm I, guess that I don't want to go through right now. Get new insights, but also just yeah. to kind of push back or kind of go back to something you said that okay, from your perspective, the scrum master that did multiple roles uh, yeah. that you had there at the time, it seemed like she was amazing. She knew everything about everything. Yeah, yeah. Looking I think looking back on it with what you know now, how does it seem that she was doing? her job or how, how kind of did, did she ha did she genuinely have a good understanding and she could, could she juggle all of these roles? So, what she was paid for, she did great. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, that's yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting conversation to have because again, she wasn't, marketed as a scrum master to the customers, to the clients. So what she was paid for, she did great because she had to know all of the insights and she also had to be like a manager to us. However, if right now and with all due respect, so if right now she were to come to an interview with that knowledge that she only had up until I worked with her, I'm not sure that she can make it in a different company or make it at the same level. At the, at the scrum master as an official. As a scrum master. Yeah. yeah. As an official scrum master. Cause I think there's a lot, a lot of the whole scrum methodology or the scrum framework, actually not methodology, yeah. but there's a lot of the scrum framework that was so I would say forgotten that we didn't even, yeah. I, I even dare to say that we didn't do scrum. We just kind of did a scrum approach and we just went with it. And whenever we had retrospective, which is when we were supposed to kind of look back and see what, what we can improve, it was always layered with, uh, what can you do to be more productive? Yeah, right. It was never, all right, let's step back. Let's zoom out and look at the whole way we do things. Cause I think that's a, that's a really important aspect that we need to do as scrum masters is also look at the process. 
Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. So that puts it in a lot of context. Uh, the, the fact that she wasn't paid to be a scrum master, that she kind of took on that that role, kind of almost. So she, she was paid. Uh, so I mean, or not, she was paid. It, it's it's a combination. Like in that team per se, it was a combination of QA slash scrum master slash functional analyst. It was at the time, which is kind of a business analyst. So she basically was paid to do it, but like the scrum master part is 25%, I think nice. of your total, I guess, payment or whatever. Mm, interesting. So yeah, yeah, I guess that that was kind of a, a, an introduction. And uh, how long did you work for that company? I think four years ish. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did you move from there straight into a scrum master position or was it a, so, no, it was, it was a transition. So it happened like QA. And then I started learning because as I mentioned, all I knew before going into it was programmer. Right. That was it. So even as I got into QA, I knew that I want to be a programmer. So learning kind of by myself with some of the colleagues helping me after hours, kind of grab some tasks and try to do them myself with help. I started learning automation because automation QA basically is both, both worlds to some extent, like you learn to write code. Uh, you don't need to be amazing at it, uh, but you need to learn to write code so that a bot or the code tests for you. So you write scripts, uh, learning that. And the next obvious step for me was all right, full writing code. So programmer developer, whatever we want to call it, uh, <laughs> programmer, it's in Romania, developer yeah. is somewhere else. So yeah, I became a developer. And then at some point, uh, at the company where I was working, uh, I was actually approached by the CEO asking me if I, if I gave some thoughts to the BA role, uh, which which is interesting because it was viewed a bit different from the functional analyst role. Uh, so BA business analyst, by the way, for anyone who doesn't yeah. uh, know the terms. And I, I felt like it was a demotion because I didn't feel like I was doing good <laughs> or good enough <laughs> as a developer. You're being put in the corner. Yeah. It actually felt like a demotion and to, to some extent I took it way too hard and then it, the whole idea of a scrum master kind of got into the mix that I would also do scrum. So, uh, I accepted it. Uh, I got put in a team doing both functional analyst and, uh, scrum master. Well, it was business analyst. It was the same thing. Uh, we'll get deeper into that in a different episode, but, uh, I did all sorts of things. So I also ended up doing QA which I didn't like at the time. And I did feel like it was a setback kind of going from QA to automation and then to dev and then back to QA to some extent. But, uh, at the same time, I discovered a huge world. Like I, I usually, when I get into something, I devour everything that I can in terms of knowledge. So I started uh, listening to podcasts. I started reading, uh, I started reading blogs, books, all that. So 
I, I found this new amazing world of Scrum, which was kind of almost four years into me being working in a Scrum team and being a developer, being a tester, being around Scrum masters. Uh, I did not know actually how to do proper Scrum until I started looking outside. So that's, that's when I kind of got the idea, oh, I want to be a scrum master fully. And that's also why I left the company because, uh, it wasn't possible at that time to actually do just scrum. Uh, they did not sell that role as a standalone role. Even if you were to split between teams, uh, it wasn't possible at the time. So I just parted ways with them. Uh, and then moving into the other company that, uh, I got accepted in, uh, it was a brand new world. Like I got put into a team as a scrum master, and then I was just left alone there. And it was like, just do your thing. And where I made mistakes was that within the first three or four months, I did what I learned from my previous scrum masters you pretty much need to do everything. So you need to know what's happening in the project. You need to know what everyone in the team is doing. You need to almost micromanage everything, all of the processes. So I created a huge dependency on me because I was, I was involved in all of the processes. I was involved in the release dates and I, I basically ended up like <laughs> the, there were, there was a situation and I actually screenshotted this. There was a situation when I was sick and there was supposed to be sprint planning that day. Uh, and there was supposed to be a daily standup that day. And both of the meetings got canceled because I was not in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a big danger. And I, yeah, that's yeah. just to stop you there for a second. There are a few things that I kind of want to just, I know I went through a lot of yeah, kind of went, went yeah. Through, through a bit. You, you said that outside knowledge, that you basically you get you started learning Scrum by going to outside knowledge. You mentioned podcasts, books, and so on. How useful were they at the time, especially? Like a hundred percent, full on. I would recommend it. So it was it was eye opening. Do, and uh, where did you find these podcasts, the, the, the this research inf information, especially kind of in, I, I, you know, because what, look at what we're doing here. I mentioned podcasts kind of a hint, hint, yeah, kind yeah. Of a, is there somebody that does <laughs> what <five>. we do, <laughs> but better? Are we, so, I mean, definitely it's easy not to do better <laughs> than <laughs> us right now. Uh, what I would say is that, so what I did it was an easy Google search. Like I was offered the, the position of a business analyst. All right. What does a business analyst do? Google search. Oh. And then also, as I mentioned, there was the scrum master idea in the mix. All right. What does a scrum master do? And then having all of those searches, all that information, I pretty much at some point kind of scrolling through pages, I also ended up, okay. So, what certifications do you need? What sort of information do you need? Because uh, I felt like I needed to make a choice. I felt like I wanted to do business analysis or Scrum because it was one or the other for me. I, I felt like I wanted to go full in into something. I didn't want to kind of take on more hats and also do QA yeah. on the side. 
So it was actually a decision point for me as I was discovering what a BA does, what a Scrum Master does. It was a decision, all right, which one do I pick? And yeah, I ended up picking Scrum. I ended up discovering a few podcasts and just listening to episodes and just listening to problems or listening to, I don't know, uh, speakers telling us about what, what, what was their best approach when uh, joining a team. And I was like, I was amazed by the almost how to best put this by the creativity, right. because this is something that actually uses even your creativity. Uh, it uses a lot, like a, a lot of the skills that you learn perhaps some somewhere else or that you're born with, and you're just bringing them into, into a field that doesn't really scream creativity, although it should, but it kind of feels like it, it, it's a lot more static than it is. But yeah, I, I learned a lot, uh, from the podcasts and I would definitely, so even like this considering hours right now, but I would recommend anyone that wants to get into scrum to start listening to podcasts because there are some really good ones yeah, and a few shout outs. I have one shout out <laughs> and, uh, they're not, yeah, they're not sponsors or anything, but, uh, they were the ones that, yeah, uh, but they, they were actually the ones that, that got me deep into scrum and they had like, I think almost 200 episodes at the time, uh, Metacast and guys, yeah, <laughs> guys, honestly, thank you for, for, I don't know, helping me view the whole scrum master role in a different way. Cause honestly they contributed to so much knowledge that I, I mean, so much eye opening actually, because the discussions they were having, uh, it was eye opening for me, especially at the time, uh, even now it is eye opening, but especially at the time it was amazing. So yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, perfect. No, no worries. Uh, all right. And, and in that case, just going kind of later on where you be, where you decided to go down the scrum master role rather than the BA role, was it because of learning from podcasts, books, and so on, uh, the different, yeah. the differences between the roles, first of all, and kind of what they need to do or what? what kind of led you down this road, uh, rather than the business analyst? It kind of fit more, uh, knowing me, knowing my skills, it felt a bit more in my area. Uh, uh by now <laughs> it's clear that I I've got a, an actor background. Uh, I'm used to kind of talking a lot almost, <laughs> which yeah, doesn't say much. Uh, but also I, I'm, I'm a people person I see. and I think one of the key things as a scrum master is you need to be a people person because more often than not, you're not gonna implement blindly just a framework without knowing where you're implementing in or what the team is doing or what the problems are. You're always going to the people first and then you're coming out of the whole situation and then you know what to implement. So 
it's it's a people job mm -hmm. it's yeah so, so to put it this way there's no way around it more of a calculated uh decision based on what skill set you have what your current it, it felt set. right oh, i see no it, it just honestly it felt right so kind of diving into both areas i loved the analytical part of the ba i kind of loved digging digging deeper into into products but for some reason just scrum master felt like this is it this is what and you yeah yeah and honestly since that point i i never looked back like not even once i never once said that oh what if i go back to being a developer or oh it was much easier as a qa or oh whatever it, it was just it felt uh, if I, I fell into place like where i need to be and looking back throughout like all my years of experience as an actor as a uh, I, i've done a lot more jobs like in burger king or uh everywhere else where i could basically was trying to support myself as i was doing uni and everything else uh everything felt like it just fell into place and all of the skill sets all of the experience that I've gathered, it was right for me. And I never looked back, honestly, which is a great feeling, honestly. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, when something kind of fits, it's, uh, and especially, yeah. I, I think it's when you discover the position this way, rather than sitting at home when you're a teenager thinking, what would I love to do when I grow up type of thing? Mm. And then like me, you end up going to university and end up going like, oh, I don't like, and it's more of the, I don't like the industry rather than don't like the, uh, the filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I still love kind of playing with video, playing your filmmaking. I think it's, yeah, if when you discover the role, but actually kind of just falling into it and doing it, 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 it kind of clicks differently than, than trying to think Definitely. what you're passionate about and trying to work that way. What yeah, you need to try it. You need to try it to some extent. And obviously it's nice to know of it. And would I have known about the role earlier? Question is like, would I have cared? I'm yeah. not sure. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, and I, I put it the <laughs> exact same way. It's not, not only that I may have, like if, would I have known about the role earlier? First of all, if I would have known about Scrum Master before having any sales experience, even if I would have gone for it, I would have failed. So it's, it's, Perhaps. uh, in, in part the, 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 the six year transition for me, it kind of mm. helped me build skill sets from the most random places that ended up kind of building me to kind of where, where, where I can at least survive. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm, I've been doing this for three months. I'm not, not, I'm not an expert in any yeah. kind of sense of the world word, but uh, it's going to be nice to come back to this episode in like one year yeah. and just Hopefully just see how your viewpoints changed because I I'm, I'm actually going to make a bet <laughs> if you're willing, well, like you, you will change well, a lot. Of course. And I hope that I kind of looking back at this, feel like an idiot to some extent to, to the, the amount of that, change, but that that's almost, that's the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a, almost like a good, a positive in terms of you, you, that's how, you know, you evolve. You, you compare yourself to yeah. who you were yesterday, the week before last year. And if you grow, and that's in part a lot of what the agile mentality is. Yes. Yes. And I love that you brought this up. And yes, 
<laughs> yes, a thousand yes. Uh, you, first of all, you just need to compare yourself to yesterday and you just need to improve like small incremental improvements, best way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to be better than yesterday. And that's also the agile approach. And that's also the title of the podcast, Ways of Agile, uh, which hopefully will help everyone kind of see that extra bit of help or extra bit of information to kind of reflect back on, all right, do I want this? Uh, is this something that I like? Is this something that, I don't know, I see myself doing in yeah. five years, 10 years? So yeah, no, it's absolutely, I even know of in the organization that I work with, there are, and I've not actually, not just in the organization, I've actually met through LinkedIn, through joining different communities. I've met scrum masters that have five years experience and they look miserable. Yeah. They look like, they, <laughs> you know, there's like, they've made, it's almost like, it's too late to turn back now. That's the type of the attitude that they have, which is kind of, I would disagree with them. Like if this is, doesn't work for you, it's never too late to kind of find yeah. something that you, you love doing, but it, it is, yeah, you, if you can get the information, as much information upfront as possible, it, you, you end up going the, you know, choosing the right path for you. Yeah. And this is basically our promise to the viewers is to try to get as much information available for everyone uh, so that you oh. can make a decision uh, if it's the right decision or not. I mean, only you can know, but ideally should be the right one. Yeah. It'll, uh, be, it'll be a learning experience for us, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely for me. Uh, but if, if we can, for, for help, both of us. yeah, if yeah. we can help people along the way, if we can kind of create a roadmap, if uh, a sense of what the industry is, is like, and maybe where it's going, it, yeah. It, yeah, if we can help people, that's, that's absolutely, you know, that's, uh, what we aim for. Uh, that's a, that's a nice sentiment actually to wrap this up with. <laughs> absolutely. We, we, yeah, we, we were nervous that we wouldn't have anything to talk about and we've just been, yeah, we kind of capped it at 20 minutes, I think. Oh, by the way, I forgot to hit the record button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Vlad, for the conversation. Yeah. And uh, anyone who's watching, thank you for staying so long. Or if you just skip to the last part, thank you for skipping. Yeah. Ho hopefully you found random interesting tidbits throughout this, uh, this conversation, but the, uh, once we have guests in uh, the, the conversation should get a lot more interesting. Yeah. All, All right. right. And that was it. That is it. Thanks. Thanks thank Andre. you. Bye. Thank you, Vlad. Bye.